Welcome to the Wiggly Podcast. I'm Heather from Wiggly Wigglers. This week has been very busy and we've been at Ross Labels where we've been demonstrating the Easy Yo Yogurt Maker amongst other things and it was all going fine until actually I didn't quite put the lid on correctly and so we, um, I sprayed all the audience with a shower of milk <laughs> and myself um, but somehow or other we got over it and it they seem to enjoy the show. Anyway, this week's show is a very short podcast due to the fact that time has got away from us. But we met up with Terry at Hay Festival Garden earlier this year. So over to Terry for some lovely Terryness in this week's show. Terry, we're here on the Hay Festival Garden, and one of the Wiggly customers has just come up to ask us about growing fruit in an orchard. They've got a north-facing, fairly cold area, and they want to know which fruit they'll be able to grow, like apple, pear, plum, cherry. What 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 would be okay in well, that you, sort of circumstance? You would get away with apple and pear, but I, I would be very, very wary of growing cherry because they flower fairly early in the north face and you're going to any cold winds, any late frost, that's going to really check that. Similarly with plums. Plum blossom is very, very susceptible to a change in temperature. And being north facing, stick to a late variety of apple, something that's going to blossom a little bit later than norm and then give you in, in the summer months when it is that much degree warmer an apple and a pear you get away with but so don't a bramley go, would work would a bramley would bramley would be superb yeah yeah we'll, we'll grow anywhere because a bramley is a very late i'm not too familiar with a lot of these varieties of apples because i i don't tend to grow many apples i don't grow any apples in the lot ones because they are the perfect thing for the kids to come in and scrump <laughs> so, oh yeah of course <laughs> yes yeah, so i don't tend to grow apples at all <laughs> I don't mind the apples disappearing because I scrumped as a kid, but they walk over everything that's on the plot to get to the apples. So, <laughs> so Bramley would be fine. Bramley would be perfect. Yeah. And there are a variety of desserts as well. I mean, look at the, the, the apple growers and see what desserts come sort of October, November, yeah. which means then they've had, they're going to blossom later. They've had time. And they, but a north face is a, is a challenge to most things. Isn't yeah. it? You have to be that much later. And if you've got stuff like fruit bushes, you can put in the north face, you can put late vegetables in, but fruit bushes will got to be in and established, so you have no control of them whatsoever. Right, I've heard, Terry, that there's a tomato shortage in the world. I don't know if you've come across this, I haven't but come across it. apparently tomatoes in Italy are struggling a bit. Oh, right. So obviously it's really important that we grow our own, and I've got my tomatoes in my greenhouse, right. and I struggle to make sure that they're okay and growing up their canes and everything. So have you got any tips to make sure that they ripen and, and flourish? First of all, let me, let me just give most people, a lot of people like to grow tomatoes outdoors. It's a very tricky situation in this climate to grow tomatoes outdoors. And for the last four or five summers, outdoor tomato growers in the UK have been a very disappointed bunch because they start to come on and come July, August, we get blight and the tomato crop is wiped out. So if you really want to grow one, you haven't got any cover whatsoever, then first of all, grow a cherry tomato, something like Gardener's Delight. Grow them, because you've got a chance of getting some early, but they will go back quickly. But if you can, just put a small shelter up of some description, a cheap plastic greenhouse or whatever else, to protect them, you've got a chance. But again, tomatoes, the only place to grow tomatoes successfully is indoors with plenty of ventilation. Always have two adjacent windows open, allow the air to flow through, keeps the... That's the, brilliant because my greenhouse has been broken. 
So I've got a big hole in the right-hand side of it. Well, you, but you need that's another. You need somewhere for the air to go out as well. Oh, that's just okay. there's, a, there's a lifty up window. Well, right, so you've got all that. So yeah. long as the air flows through, you keep the humidity in a good condition, and that's what tomatoes like. But then again, as soon as your tomatoes. The first trusses are formed. The little green tomatoes are about the size of a pea. Then that's the time to start getting a bit of TLC. Plenty of feed. This is where your wormweed comes in again, your bokashi, your seaweed extract. Plenty of that on an ongoing basis because they are already greedy. But how often? Every time you water, I do. Really? Put, don't put the full strength. Put a minimum of half to a quarter strength in. Yeah. You're better to give little and often so the nutrients are always there. It's not waiting every week and saying, oh, good God, it's flat today. I can have a feed again. Yeah. And it gets a feed every day and it keeps growing naturally. But then as soon as you've got the green tomatoes and the trusses formed, remove the lower leaves at the start. And that will allow better air circulation and more sun to get at them. But then you need to go around the back of supermarkets. Never go in supermarkets. Go around the back. Right. You go in supermarkets, you go and buy things. And you never do that. Never no, do that. of course no. not. And then look for the tomato, uh, the bananas they are throwing out. And then you look for these overripe bananas. And you take those in and you hang them from the trusses. And tomato, right overripe tomatoes give off ethylene gas. Overripe uh, bananas? Uh, overripe bananas. And as they give off that gas, that's the agent that speeds up the ripening of your tomatoes. No Yes, way. absolutely. I mean, if you go back to your grandmother's days, they used to take green tomatoes, they'd put them in a drawer with an apple sliced in half. Because that fruit gives off a gas, and that gas is the natural ripening agent for tomatoes. Fantastic. And then you, when, the other beauty there is when you go in first thing in the morning, you think you, know, you can close your eyes, you think you're on some tropical island, you've got this <laughs> lovely smell of overripe bananas. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I can't wait for that experience. Here we are. Will that work for my peaches? Because my peaches are opposite my tomatoes in the greenhouse. Well, I'm not sure about peaches. I've, I've never grown peaches. I've never been in this, ex, this exotic, rich world of growing peaches. <laughs> I had the best crop ever oh, last well, year. I don't know whether the banana will I'll have that effect. I'll try it. I'll let well, you know. Whether the banana will have that effect. Tell me about your leek, Sarah. Well, I usually get a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> the tank in the greenhouse is always leaking. <laughs> one thing about a leek is if you grow a leek, then one of the things I like about a leek is I'm the long white shank. It's no good. I mean, two or three inches of white and about nine inches of green. No, because I mean, the green's not as good, good is it? It's not as good. So what you do is, when you plant your leek, let them get into a full pencil size before you actually put them in the soil. Pull them out, bare root them, nip a bit off the roots, make a hole which is about four inches deep in the soil. Drop the leek in so you've got four inches of leek in the soil. Then when it stands about ten inches high, Get a bit of tubing, which is at least two to two and a half inches in diameter. Well, like pipe, like, like drainage pipe. pipe. The ideal pipe is the stuff that the BT use for your cables. I know the very uh, well. That's the perfect stuff. And you slide that down, you push an inch in the ground to stop it rocking, and then the leak will fill that tube. And so you've got five inches above the soil of tubing, four inch of leak in the soil. So when you put, dig these leaks, you slide the tube off, and you've got a nine inch long white chunk of leak, which is absolutely superb, brilliant for braising with your meat, brilliant for soups and adds that wonderful flavour to all your dishes. And when would you plant the leeks and when would you expect to have completed this process? Right, I always sow my leeks in early April, so by the end of April, first week in May they are big enough to be transplanted out and then they go out about the first week in May and by the end of May they should be big enough then to slide the tube over. And again, leeks, plenty of water 
plenty of feed in through the, through the months of June and July and then cease feeding altogether because you don't want those leeks. They are winter vegetables. You don't want to be sloppy, puffy type things. You want it to be tough old birds which will stand the winter and then grow two or three varieties, an early one for October, one for December and one for the new year and you'll have a long winter of good supply of leeks. Because you've got a, a method that means that you never have to buy any veg throughout the year, haven't Correct. you? yes. That's Never buy veg again. That's Never buy amazing. Yeah, because and again, it's, it, people must educate their um, palate. People buy Kenyan French beans in January. French beans are a June, July, August, September crop, and then freeze your surplus, and they store beautifully. Again, then, you, with all the other crops, you've got your shed, which stores potatoes, stores onions, stores garlic. Your freezer got peas, brown beans, runner beans. It's got tomatoes for tomato soup. It's got peppers. You can add the ratatouille. And in the rest of the year, in the winter months, you're living on parsnips, you're living on leeks, you're living on savoys, you're living on Brussels sprouts, you're living on swede. So you're using the fresh vegetables of the garden, topped up by the occasional one you take out of the freezer, and your potatoes, your onions, and that comes from the shed. Now, I follow both your sons on Twitter and they follow me. I don't think you're a great tweeter yet, are you, Terry? I'm not even a tweeter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> not a great tweeter. But have they been inspired by your veggie growing? My youngest one in particular, isn't it? The lawn he's got is gradually getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> Every year he wants to grow more and more. And even this week we were pinching another yard off the lawn to get more space so he can actually grow more vegetables. Because he now can see the benefit of growing his own and he can taste the benefit of growing his own. Yeah. Because there's nothing better. People say about organic and organic to me adds the flavour. But people can't see that. But what you can see is the freshness. If you were harvesting on a Sunday morning and eating that for Sunday lunch then the flavour is at its absolute perfection. It hasn't spent days on the back of a wagon, it hasn't spent days on a supermarket shelf, and it hasn't spent days in your shed before you used it. It's being eaten and only harvest what you're going to eat, so you're always eating stuff at its peak of perfection. Thank you, Terry. Farmer Phil is on the last lap of the harvest. He's just got one crop of wheat left to do, and actually it's not ready. It's been so dry in our area that it's not yet actually ripe, so there's a moment's pause while that ripens. I hope you've enjoyed this week's short but sweet show. If you'd like to know more about Wiggly Wigglers, pop along to our website, www.wigglywigglers.co.uk and our new catalogue's out so if you want one of those you can download one at the same web address if you'd like to follow Farmer Phil on Twitter it's at Farmer Phil without an E and if you'd like to follow me I'd love to have you along and my Twitter name is at Wiggled until next week I'll love you and leave you thank you for listening in bye from me